0: Hello everyone. Welcome to episode three of the Matt the Critic show. I'm your host Matthew Alacuna. For those of you who know me elsewhere, Matt the Critic. To immediately kickstart this episode, I would love to give a massive shout out to Ace Film Works. For those of you who do not know about Ace Film Works, this was our production team for our final year undergraduate project, Pick a Card, which I was producer on. This week, we've won our third award for the Little Venice Film Festival. So I would just like to give my massive congratulations to everyone else within the cast and crew of the film. Laura, Sharp, Sahil, Sam, Jaden and Emma, I hope you're all keeping well after university. If any of you ever fancy a Pick A Card one year reunion special, I will be more than happy with that. On today's episode from MA Drama Production, I'm very pleased to welcome Charlotte Ward and Isaac Porter to the show. How are we both doing today?
1: Good, yeah, good. It's, good. it's really nice to be here.
0: Yeah,
2: doing well, thanks.
0: Yeah, it's uh, episode three already, It's can't believe I like, started this two weeks ago <laughs> and apparently people still like listen to my voice, so <laughs> it, this is what you get. So my first question to the both of you is that what were you doing before the course and why did you choose to come to Salford in particular?
2: Before this I was studying um, English at uh, Coventry University, or English and Creative Writing, um, so I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, it was very vague, I just knew I liked writing. Um, and then I graduated July 2022, I think, worked as a copy editor for, for a year. And then it was fine, but I wanted to get some experience in film and TV, sort of find out where I, where I stood with directing, potentially, as well as writing. Um, so yeah, that's why I came to, it was even Manchester or London really, for lots of opportunities in film. So I applied for the screenwriting course on a, for the University of Manchester, um, but it was a very, I think there was only 12 spots in the course, so I was like, I need a backup. Looked around, saw this course at Salford, and then what originally was going to be my backup ended up being, I got offered a place on both courses and I decided to come to Salford. Because ah, the, yeah just really? because of how industry-focused it was. and
0: yeah. That's really good, yeah. I think it's exactly as you said, it's very much a course where you can branch off into any horizon that you want to be, I think, in the sense of regards. So I'll ask this as a follow-up, you just said that. Uh, what areas are you looking to explore in particular then, this year?
2: I think mainly writing's my priority, because that's what I feel like I'm strongest at. But like I sort of mentioned earlier, like I kind of want to see where I stand with directing, sort of organizing a film, collaborating with different creatives, like across pre, post-production and during filming. So I really enjoy doing that. So
0: um, yeah. Yeah, how about yourself, Charlotte? Because you've had quite the uh, <laughs> career <laughs> yeah. change Did you want to explain <laughs> to uh, us.
1: Yeah, it's very different actually from this. Um, so I originally, my undergraduate course was a primary education uh, teaching um, and that essentially is like over the three-year period of your degree you do a placement each year and you it basically you know you have your PGCE, which is the one year of experience and that's when you qualify uh, whereas this degree you did it like over the three years Um I, I did want to be a teacher and obviously I loved teaching Um it was unfortunate I graduated during COVID where schools were just not in a great place, um and it was very stressful, very hard. I've always wanted to go into something creative, like like this actually. Um, you know, my sister and my brother both came here um and, you know, I did there was there was some part of me that wished that, that I just I'd gone straight into an undergraduate in media or film. Um and yeah, I just decided then after teaching I went on supply and that was really interesting and then I um, then went into um, a law firm for a year I worked mainly from home it was, re- it was like remote working and i really really just did not enjoy it and I knew it wasn't for me Um, you know as nice as, as the job was like it, it I hated working from home and I wanted to do something more creative and more collaborative and that's why I came here I came here for the um, postgraduate open day and met Simon you know uh, sort of listen to the lecture on this course because originally I wanted to go to editing um but this course had a range of everything and because I didn't really know where my place was or what I wanted to do um I thought this would be a perfect course and then I got accepted on so really happy that I'm here really really enjoying it um you know I think Salford is such a great place for opportunity um and it's just every time you're here you're just you just buzz in. Um And the fact that I get to work with, you know, some really amazing people is, is also a bonus.
0: Yeah, it's really true. And I think it's really quite nice to hear that story from mm. such as different career <laughs> change. I'm very curious to know what, was there a day uh, previously where you just decided that Salford is, needs to be my next move? Was there that turning point?
1: Yeah, I think my brother had just recently graduated and, you know, Sort of listening to his stories about it all and everything he gets to use. I mean, we're in this room right now, like the fact that we get to use these kinds of facilities and everything like that, I just, it always stood out to me. Um, because I was so stuck in my job and not knowing where to go, I thought at this point, if I stay and get any, you know, sort of um promotion or whatever, I'll probably stay in it. I was like, uh, you know out of all the time times in my life that I could do a masters I thought now was the time so it was really just very last minute and I think because I wanted to do something creative I feel like Salford is is probably one of the best universities for this kind of thing um and obviously it's local to me I only live in Stockport so it's quite easy to get to and it's just yeah I just think it's such a nice place Media City I just think it's really nice
0: is really nice I think particularly from my perspective as well I think the industry opportunities are far greater mm. than Birmingham which is where I originally went to mm-hmm. for university I think coming to Salford has always been on the back burner for me since my final year of undergraduate actually mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because uh, I was I did my learning during Covid and that, oh it was tough mm. really brutal because you want to get hands-on experience with the equipment and you are not getting it, yeah. which I think was probably the most tragic part of it. So this was kind of like a focus throughout my final year undergraduate. And boy, did it get me through the <laughs> dissertation. <laughs> All ten thousand words of it. I think I'm going to well, I don't think I'm going to relive the same PTSD I had writing <laughs> it because uh, it's far more creative, this course, which is mm. really me yeah. because I think Doing a technical course, I can understand why they teach in a manner they do, but I felt a bit creatively trapped on it, mm-hmm. in a way, because the modules were very tailor-esque to... So you base, it's like you fill out a rotor, essentially, and you just you do it in the most basic way and you're not expressing yourself. So mm-hmm. I think what's really nice about here is that my voice is being heard through this work I'm doing at the moment, yeah. especially with these weekly exercises.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: (laughs) I'm going to move on to this. Uh, What do you want to get out of this degree, ultimately, at the end of the day?
2: Um, Mainly kind of what I've been saying already, just sort of all the experiences, the industry links. uh, Like, going into this course, I had no background in film other than watching films. And this is just a way of, learning whilst also getting into sort of industry practices. Like Charlotte was saying, like this room, or different studios using the equipment that we wouldn't have available to us if it wasn't for if it wasn't for being here. So I think mainly it's about just the experience overall, rather than just having a degree at the end of it. It's not like undergrad where you're just trying to get especially during COVID, it was sort of like I just want to get through this and get a decent degree and then see where I go from here. Whereas here, it's like I really want to take in everything we're doing. Uh, making films of so many people with different talents, different ideas and different personalities, whilst also being a very similar group of people who all want the same thing, which is just to do well and to, to make some films, which mm-hmm. is just
0: nice. Yeah, I think it definitely... Um is nice because as i've said previous times it, i think many people come from different backgrounds on this course a lot of people have come from like writing backgrounds and some people have worked on projects so i think it's nice to have that dynamic mix because mm. i think especially when you're making a project mm. it's quite nice to have various perspectives come at it from a different angle i think ultimately yeah. was there anything you wanted to add to that shot Or
1: yeah i mean i didn't i still don't really know what the end goal is i think i was hoping to use this sort of degree is a way of figuring that out i think i think what really excites me is actually being able to do things like this now like i think the expectation is to finish this degree and go off and work in the industry work for a big company work for a, you know big production company and we'll never get that opportunity to do this which is make our own little films and be creative and be our own boss kind of thing i think you know if there was a dream it would be to have like my own sort of production company or at least like work with people to create films that we can you know submit to festivals and you know just do something that isn't so big but it's something that is collaborative and and I think that's why I've enjoyed so much about this is as we've said there's excuse me there's so many talented people on this course you know they talk about networking and talk about you know you know making the most of these like networking events and things like that but I think the best networking is (laughs) within the actual course I think being with these people collaborating with everyone I know everyone is going places and you know to be able to make the most of like working with them I think that's the best thing that I can do at the moment um so yeah I I don't really know where I want to go after this but I think you know I'm just going to go with it and hopefully (laughs) find that along the way.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's really uh it's a course that all prepa- oh, the lights have turned up <laughs> in the, the studio. <laughs> <laughs> the lights have literally just gone dark in the studio. Yeah, that's, that's the curse of my voice for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there I we go. I, oh man, it's so weird. The <laughs> lights have just turned on on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it's it. The course prepares you for a catapult of various careers, which I think is nice. Mm-hmm, it's yeah. just one direct focus. It's very distinct. Mm-hmm. I, I s- would say. Yeah. Uh, I'm very curious. Was there someone or something who inspired you on this path you are on right now?
2: It's mainly just growing up watching films and then being like, I wonder if I could do that? I think especially when I was a kid and you'd see like short films people make on YouTube and it's like it feels so much closer to you than like these big budget feature-length films and it sort of made you think oh I could do that and then sort of as like GCSEs, A-levels, uni happens, you sort of put it on the back burner and just focus on doing what you think you're supposed to do. And then after finishing the undergrad, I sort of had a bit of time to think about what I wanted to do. And I guess that sort of, yeah, that sort of inspiration kind of came back to me where I was like, I, I would quite like to have a look at making films, because I've always been writing like uh, short stories and novels and things like that, but um, just sort of things where you can just sit at home on a laptop or with a notepad. But um, I wanted to do something more collaborative and I think that was kind of what happened. There isn't really like one person or one thing that inspired me to do that, it was just something that I'd slowly picked up growing up, I guess.
0: Yeah, I think um, that question kind of has multiple answers. I think you could say like family members i mean i said chris stuckman last week because he's <laughs> film critic now turned feature filmmaker but yeah i think inspiration i think comes from everything we watch in some regards i think you can always look at a director's style and be very inspired by it. you can look at a writer's style and be very uh, taken by how they write a script uh but yeah i think charlotte you've already kind of mentioned
1: well, i think for me um I even wrote <laughs> the answer to this question down is it, um, it was my sister um, and my brother I guess if I want to throw him in as well <laughs> um, but I think and it's not even just because she's she's currently she works um, in unscripted TV um, she's an assistant producer and she's been on lots of quite big things uh, and she just works really hard and she has such um, I don't know what the word is sort of a burning passion for this kind of industry and I think just as well she's just a grafter so you know there's and there's lots of things that inspire me you know there's lots of people that I look up to and on this course now I'm starting to get to know you know more people um, and that I'm you know I look up to and directors and things like that but yeah mainly I think it would be my sister just because of um you know how she got into this industry industry you know she she did work like the typical started as a runner and then worked her way up to assistant producer and i think to me that was just like oh you know i can i can do this i've just sort of watched her journey and um just been really inspired by it um and yeah that's that's pretty much how i got here
0: that's really inspiring to hear mm-hmm. i think ultimately yeah i think We've all kind of gotten here through different backgrounds and experiences, which Mm. I think is really quite nice that this podcast dives into, ultimately. Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think we'll (laughs) transition into the review segment now, which is, (laughs) as a a warning, (laughs) I I have not really had the time to see much this week, Mm. Uh, more because I got very lucky last week that I saw Cat Person and Five Nights at Freddy's (laughs) before we recorded the podcast. I mean, we recorded this on the 3rd of November. I literally have one film written down <laughs> and it happens to be a, a little film you may have heard of from 2001 called Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Uh, I went to see this last night. Uh, City World are doing a run of all eight films across this week. They're showing them in 4DX and having rediscovered my love for this franchise this year, I might be spending a bit of money this week, i <laughs> put it that way. Uh, so I saw Philosopher's Stone last night. Uh, obviously done by Chris Columbus. Uh, I think it's an absolute masterpiece of a film in the sense that I think it's one of the best examples of a film where it is suitable for anyone of any age to watch and get something out of it. I think I would not necessarily say that about the latter films because mm. they are very dark, <laughs> especially with how they explored death, mm. uh, which I found on a rewatch of the franchise really profound as an adult because you're watching young teenagers talk about death and experience it in this way and you just think, God, it's so relatable, weirdly. <laughs> I know it's a fantasy-based <laughs> franchise, but I think the way you review some of the scenes as an adult really changes your perspective of the franchise with some regards. Mm. I think Philosopher's Stone is a it's a very warm, welcoming and inviting movie, I'll put it that way. I mm. think it, it sets up Hogwarts in this really elaborate way where you just want to go visit it as soon as possible because yeah, when you see Hogwarts in the film it looks so inviting and you just want to have a go at Quidditch and all that and then eventually you realise you don't want to have a go at Quidditch because you could fall off a broomstick Uh, but I think Philosopher's Stone is a masterpiece because I think the casting of uh, Radcliffe, Watson and Grint is one of the best castings I've ever seen in a major franchise Mm. because you just watch the film and you just think I don't know who else has auditioned because you can imagine it was probably thousands. Mm -hmm. I mean, but you just watch the three of them and you think, God, they're so perfect. Mm -hmm. Every time you just look at their chemistry and it's just immaculate. I think as well, the side characters, I mean, Alan Rickman as Snape is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you get to the last film, he gets the big payoff. Mm -hmm. It's really weird rewatching the films as well this week, knowing what happens in the last film now no spoilers if you haven't seen the Harry Potter films just go and binge them all and when you get to Definitely Hallows Part 2 that is probably one of the best payoffs to any franchise I've ever seen mm. uh, what else? I think the visual effects are astounding for the time I mean it's, it, this is 2001 and I think the effects in Philosopher's Stone look better than most of the MCU's visual effects today which I think is a testament I mean obviously the visual effects develop as you go on throughout the franchise but I think with Philosopher's Stone, it really set the groundwork quite strongly, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, I think the story is a really good introduction to the bigger picture, I'll put it that way, because at, at the end of Philosopher's Stone, you get the sense of there's a setup coming, but you don't know how big the setup is. And when you get to Goblet of Fire, I think it was almost like the car before the storm, I'll put it that way. Mm. But yeah, I think Philosopher's Stone's great. Uh, I'm curious, do you. Have any films that you think are suitable for anyone of any age to watch?
3: Hmm.
1: That's a good question. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say Shrek. (laughs) Just because I feel like, and you made a good point about, you know, sort of when you rewatch films now, as you grow older and you think, God, I grew up watching these films, and you just pick out stuff that you've just never noticed before. You see them in a completely different way. And, you know, Shrek is an amazing film. I I can't. you know I have to sort of say it um, and I think that's definitely something that anyone can watch and enjoy personally um, yeah Isaac <laughs> um,
2: I think maybe to like a lesser extent than like Harry Potter but when I was a kid I'd, I always loved the Lord of the Rings films and I still love them now like they're they're not like necessarily what you'd consider perfectly kid friendly but I think they're a pretty good sort of introduction into like sort of darker, heavier material for kids. Because when I was a kid, most of the time I didn't really know what was going on, but I was still really enjoying it, just because it was just a really well-made film. And then as you get older, you just, well, for me, it just, I enjoyed it more and more every time I watched it. Um, Yeah, I think that's, that's what comes to mind when I think of films that are perfect for kids and adults, mm. I guess.
0: Yeah, I, I, I've been thinking of this throughout the week. I think there's one answer to this, uh, and it was what Nicholas Cage said in the unbearable weight of massive talent. It's got to be Paddington too. It's <laughs> got to name drop it. <laughs> uh, embarrassing confession, actually. I've not seen Shrek before.
1: Oh gosh, right. So I mean, you know what? You're you're in for a treat. I'm actually jealous. You know, the first time I watched Shrek was a was an experience. So you. I definitely would recommend that to you, Matt, I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, in some ways it's life changing. Um, lots of lessons in there, lots of lessons, uh, I think that's important as well, so yeah.
0: Well here's the thing, I think with like Shrek, I've probably seen it as a child, I just, I've just got such a vague memory of it that it would be literally me rediscovering it. <laughs> so yeah, I think as well with uh, films that are suitable for all ages, I think Pixar is probably the best example oh, of yeah. that. I think, uh, well, my favourite Pixar film is Monsters Inc.
1: Oh, got to be, yeah. Uh,
0: because I think the way <laughs> it portrays friendship is one of the most beautiful and touching I've ever seen. I think the ending of Monsters Inc., mm. where Mike gives Sully that that door piece, is mm. like, oh, oh my god. god, that is one of the most. I just got goosebumps. Yeah, and when oh the the kid boo, oh my god. <laughs> It's like getting emotional just thinking about how good that dynamic is. Unfortunately, Monsters University wasn't as good, but we'll save that. (laughs) I think as well, Toy Story is never going to grow old.
1: I can literally show you my notepad right now. I literally have Toy Story on here to mention, just because it is one of my favorite films. And I think that's just one of the one of the films that I can literally watch again and again and again and just not get bored.
0: I'd really, I'd really like to go and watch those in the cinema to be yeah. honest like I've never had uh, I did see Toy Story 3 in a massive IMAX screen and I don't think at the time I was maybe old enough to appreciate it but when I watch I mean The Secrets in the Furnace in Toy Story 3 is just like oh my god mm. it is some of the most pulse pounding tension you've ever seen and that's from <laughs> a kids film about toys who talk I mean yeah did you have any other films written down that you want to Give a shout out to. Uh,
1: well, only sort of what I've watched recently. Um, I mean, not even to. I've recently, l- literally recently. I uh, yesterday I finished it. because um, you know, as you say, there's there's barely any time to watch anything right now. Um, but I managed to squeeze in. I Daniel Blake.
0: Um, I wa- I watched that for the first time. Yeah. As, when I moved here, because before um, when I saw the old oak, I watched mm. I Daniel Blake and Sorry We Missed You. Yeah. yeah. What did you think of I Daniel Blake?
1: I loved it Um, Ken Loach he's yeah he's insane I think it just felt incredibly real like you know they could have been actors they could have been real people you wouldn't have known like I think it was just obviously it was very very sad film it was very real you know it was very relevant Um, and it's actually something I didn't really know about um, you know sort of like the welfare system and like Benefits and things like that. I didn't know how it worked. I did not know how difficult it was, and just in terms of how that film puts it, I d- I just think it was a, an incredible film. Um, you know, not an easy watch, uh, but very realistic. I definitely really enjoyed that and would recommend. Um,
2: what, what was this on? Like what?
1: Uh, this is uh, what like streaming. Yeah, yeah it's on Disney Plus. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, it's really really good. Yeah,
0: I, w- I watched it on. Uh, box of broadcasts <coughs> yeah. whilst I had a dodgy internet boy it was we got there but it was <laughs> a fight to get to the end I remember watching our Daniel Blake actually because the same day I watched it I saw Atlantics <laughs> <laughs> and I can't say I was in a particularly good mood after Atlantics <laughs> because I just think I, I, know, I know Simon you recommended this film with good intentions but I'm sorry I mean it takes forever to get make its point it's an hour before anything happens and I thought it was just rubbish (laughs) I mean the visual storytelling is admirable Mm. I think but the ending is one of the most pretentious stupid things I've ever seen recently I just came out of it I was like huh (laughs) (laughs) but then I watched I Daniel Blake in the evening uh, because I was I never I I'd never actually seen a Ken Loach film Mm. before The Old Oak and we did I Daniel Blake as part of media in college after the A levels mm. so and when I was doing the A levels I was thinking why are we, why is there so much politics in what we're studying <laughs> but then I just I, I, I watched Daniel Blake and I just thought, thought once the credits came up I literally just went that's a five mm. that is literally that is perfect mm-hmm. I think it's one of those films where it provokes an immediate reaction as soon as you finish mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. uh, I think it's Absolutely tremendous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the performances are so naturalistic. Where and I, what I like about Dave Turner as Daniel Blake is that within five minutes, you are instantly rooting for him. Mm-hmm. Could you just think this is such a nice, down to earth bloke who's been let down by the system? Mm-hmm. And oh man, the ending got me yeah. so much. Uh, <laughs> I think there's also a scene in The Food Bank. Uh, which that is one of the most distressing things I've seen in a while. Yeah. yeah. I think the performances are so naturalistic. I mean, the way Daniel Blake friends this younger mother who's just moved, basically been forced 200 miles away mm-hmm. from her location. And it's just the way you see these dynamics play out is so moving and sentimental. And it's human. Mm-hmm. I think it's very real. Uh, ultimately, which I think is a true testament to Ken Lurch's work. I think it's probably the best of the three films I've seen him do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did really like Sorry We Missed You. Uh, I did like The Old Oak as well, but I do think there's room for improvement. Whereas with I, Daniel Blake, I think it's one of the best British films I've seen this decade, yeah. I could argue. Yeah. Isaac, have you seen I, Daniel Blake?
2: Uh, it Sounds like I have to give it a go, though.
0: Yeah, yeah definitely. I think it's, it's a very quick watch, surprisingly, considering yeah. how serious it was. I mean, it was the same loaf as Atlantics, and I just said, oh boy, the time flew with Daniel <laughs> Plague. <laughs> and I was absolutely, I was quite tired watching it. And I was just thinking, I really want to get to the end of this. I don't yeah. want to stop halfway. I just want to persevere. So that's a true testament to the filmmaking. Definitely. Uh, one of the best British films of the decade. And I can, I don't think we can recommend it enough.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but yeah, I think... Uh, it'll be quite nice next week to get back to the cinema because <laughs> yeah I've got quite a lot of screenings booked up to tease what is coming up in episode 4 uh, so the first thing I'm seeing today is a film called The Royal Hotel which I know nothing about I've seen uh, a film with me and McKenna Bruce did any of you ever watch Tracy Beaker Returns or The Dumping Ground yeah do you know the actress who played T one of the young uh, girls in it I think so Mia McKenna Bruce yeah she's anchoring this new film oh
1: my god wow
0: so I'm really curious to see uh, how she performs in it I think it's been receiving a lot of praise on the film festival circuit Mm. so I'm really looking forward to it I've deliberately avoided trailers for everything this week it seems (laughs) so I'd love to give you a bit of background but I want to go blind as possible and then Sunday I'm going to watch a film which I'm hoping to get her on next week, but Shah has just been <laughs> hyping up to me so much. It's a it's a film called Bottoms, and I still oh, don't know yeah. what this is about. <laughs> I think I, wh- when I see trailers nowadays, I deliberately look down at my phone because I don't want to hear anything.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, the only even with the new the Marvels film, I have not actually seen the trailer for that yet. I haven't seen the trailer for Aquaman two as well. Some things I do actively go out of my way to watch like Wonka in oh, Saw yeah. X, I was, I mean, I deliberately was checking YouTube <laughs> to see him. But yeah, I think, uh, is there any other titles this year you're particularly looking forward to that are yet to come out? Um,
2: I think Napoleon's coming out later this year, which I'm looking forward to. Oh, yeah. I saw, Um, you're just saying you don't see trailers, but I saw a trailer for it in IMAX, and just seeing, even just seeing the trailer in it was just, I was like, I need to see this in IMAX, <laughs> like the full thing.
1: Yeah, I think, um, did you mention Wonka? Yeah, oh, with yeah, Timothy yeah. Shalom. I think so, I think look, I'm i looking forward to that. Um, I, it does look good, For I have watched the trailers, I always watch the trailers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, if anything, that, that is um, the one that I, I at least know about. I'm not really up to date with like what's coming out and things like that, but that does look good. I, I'd definitely go and, and watch that one.
0: Yeah, did any of you realise there was a new Hunger Games movie coming out soon? <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I did,
2: because my sister loves Hunger Games, so <laughs> she's been talking about it a lot.
0: I think it looks really good, and there's an opportunity. I may be able to see it before recording the podcast at nine o'clock, so if anyone oh. wants to get an early access review of <laughs> myself, I, I might be prepared to put myself through the pain. It's a lot of view print works in IMAX, so I might pay the extra to go see it there, because, yeah. I pa- apparently, Printworks was one of the only cinemas showing up at home in seventy millimeters. So, the oh. gallery is absolutely gigantic. Yeah,
2: I was. Um, I saw the creator in there, and I was in row F, and I was still way too close. I needed to be further back. Just the screen was just so massive.
0: Oh, oh yeah, I think um, with IMAX, I always well, I always sit middle at the back. Is would you say middle at the back's a good choice if I see Hunger Games? Probably, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a bit cheaper as well if you sit at the back because view. <laughs> stupidly charge you tiered prices for seating. Why?
2: The plans are also really weird. They're like, the more expensive seats, I don't understand why they put those seats to be more expensive.
0: And when I saw Foe, which if you to episode two, I'll give a full in-depth review of, <laughs> I sat at the back and paid the extra two pound That I just thought, it's the same seat as the middle. <laughs> <laughs> but I think with the Hunger Games, I think the back row is cheaper, so I think I might book a ticket today and treat myself, so. Yeah, I think with Hunger Games, I don't remember those films too well because I've seen the franchise so long ago. I think I'd really like to rewatch it because I do remember watching the first Hunger Games and just being so blown away by it. I think the sequels have definitely come off my radar a lot. I think with Hunger Games as a franchise, I would only ever like to rewatch the first film. I'm, I mean, if I'm forgetting something from Catching Fire, please tell me because I probably am. But yeah,
2: the second one's pretty good to be fair. But my sister watches them a lot, and I def- I think it's definitely worth rewatching.
0: I think yeah, I definitely think I'm going to try and maybe watch all four, but again, before I see the new one, because even though I know it's a prequel, I think I, they are epic scale movies, mm-hmm. and I think as we're talking about with Harry Potter, I think Hunger Games could be another franchise that changes. Oh well, my perception changes now because I think, as an adult, I might view them very differently. I can't remember how old I was when I watched them, but I probably would have been about 14, 15, which probably says it how young I am. (laughs) But, yeah, I think, yeah, it's going to be quite a jam-packed couple of weeks with reviews. It's just been, this week has been insane with the essay Mm, writing. Busy. I think once you have looked at your computer screen so long, all you think is that, I just want a break from the screen. (laughs) But, yeah... I've been watching Family Guy mostly to chill out Uh it, Who's your favourite Family Guy character? Oh. <laughs> Spontaneous.
1: <laughs> That's a good one, I, I mean I feel like, I feel like Stewie is just great. I feel like if I had, if I you know never I'll i never watched Family Guy. <laughs> um, or probably Quagmire. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like Family Guy is one of the, I don't know, either of you have like something that you fall asleep to like I always have to fall asleep to something every night and it has to be like just something in the background something I've watched so many times and it'll either be Family Guy or The American Office and that'll just get me right to sleep not to say that that it's boring and it will get me to sleep but I think that's kind of like my comfort um, but yeah it's, I'd say Stewie or, or Quagmire.
0: Yeah I think yeah it's interesting shows you fall asleep <laughs> too because <laughs> I do have select shows like I watch a Gordon Ramsay show to fall asleep too yeah. uh, well it's very loud viewing at <laughs> like 1am <laughs> because he cut kind of, at 1am you're going to get the full Uncensored Ramsay Unleashed so <laughs> yeah I think I like Gordon Ramsay shows a lot I, 8 out of 10 cats as well I think it's another good oh, yeah, one yeah, Mock yeah. the Week Would I Lie to You uh, yeah I think <laughs> Family Guy's just I love Family Guy I think it's one of the best Animate, actually, I think it is the best animated show. Mm. You heard it at first, Uh, (laughs) yeah, better than Simpsons. Uh, I think the joke consistency is very good with Family Guy. I think there was the argument made, I think it was in class, that they extend the jokes too much, whereas I think that (laughs) actually adds to it, (laughs) where they take itself so seriously. The chicken is (laughs) great. I particularly liked, because I know you mentioned Stewie, the episodes where Brian and Stewie. Have their own road trip or adventure yeah. i think those are the m- most th- i could honestly watch a whole series revolved around that because yeah. those specials are absolutely incredible <laughs> i don't know if you remember there was an episode where they traveled through multiverses
1: i was just about to mention that one yeah that i know i'm psych. Si- i'm psychic I? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: I think the multiverse episode i think it could be my favorite family guy yeah. episode is that the
1: one where the sort of the they sort of land in a world where dogs are the humans and, yes. the human- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and they land in
0: they landed all sorts of worlds like a yeah. massive high-tech futuristic world uh, a world <laughs> owned by Disney <laughs> and there's a, a, a side joke of when they buy the Stewie land in a world where they're both humans, <laughs> and It just like it feels a bit weird. Yeah, just push the button. Yeah. Yeah. The North Pole watch great as well, when Sh- Stewie sets yeah. out to kill Santa. I think, yeah, I definitely want to watch some Family Guy Christmas episodes as oh we're coming God, yeah. up to the Christmas season. Already. Do you have a? Do you have like a a film you watch all the time over Christmas, or do you just take it as it comes? I mean,
2: every Christmas, i
0: will always watch like Die
2: Hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's just always, like, a tradition.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the probably mad is that I, I don't have, like, a particularly set film for watching over Christmas. I've only ever seen Die Hard once, which I've
1: is... I have not seen Die Hard. Yet. You have to watch
0: <laughs> it.
1: Apparently once a year it is, is like just the perfect amount. Yeah, apparently it is, like, a Christmas film, which yeah. I just wouldn't have thought.
0: Yes, uh, yeah, for, for everyone <laughs> listening, Die Hard is in de- definitely a Christmas film. <laughs> <laughs> Die Hard is a Christmas film.
1: I feel like in terms of Christmas, it's just your typical Christmas films. Like, I'll rewatch Home Alone.
0: Home Alone's great. Uh,
1: um, I, I think I, obviously I only like one and two. <laughs> I know there's there's a few, but I've not really watched. I think I watched like the third and then gave up. And
2: yeah, I remember having the DVDs.
0: Yeah, like the, the, the box set. Oh yeah, I've got the DVDs as well. I
2: just see it's not like the same kid, and I think that just put me off when I was a kid. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. So. It's, it's not like the same this is
1: wrong. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think um, they've actually done five Homer and if they have done oh a six God. that I don't know about I yeah. would be surprised because that is a, an example of a franchise that has just been melted to death.
3: Yeah,
0: I mean, I think another example I was thinking about was that Diary of a Wimpy Kid has been rebooted on Disney Plus. Oh. I think. And you, th- those three movies are perfect. I think they did the long haul, which I haven't seen but I've h- heard got slated by critics but yeah I think it's really interesting seeing how kids films there's almost a fine line it walks as I mentioned in the first episode of like do we need sequels to them because mm-hmm. I think you can watch Home Alone should have stopped after two mm-hmm. that's a fact Yeah, I mean Home Alone 3 I think he's has got its moments but I because I think it's the, a young Scarlett Johansson in the film <laughs> <laughs> that's all I remember about it whereas like with one and two like I've only s- I see bits of them every time over Christmas. So I've only probably ever watched them once. Mm-hmm. But I can remember so much of those films because they're so iconic. Yeah. I mean, the toy owner in Home Alone 2, Mr. Duncan. <laughs> yeah. That that scene where the turtle doves, I think, so amazing. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember the guy's name, but the one who they thought was this creepy old guy the first time alone <laughs> who ends up being this...
1: Oh, yeah, the guy who's shoveling snow. Yeah. Yeah, But
0: he's actually mm-hmm. really one of the... A down-to-earth bloke, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. I remember Buzz as well. Oh,
1: I was just about to mention Buzz is like one of my favourite people. I think he's like a line in that, and it was like, "I wouldn't let you in my room if you were growing on my ass." <laughs> and that's like that is, if anything, my favourite film quote of all time. I think it's just, inc- yeah, it's very, very, very good.
0: It's, it's bad with film quotes because, like, um, I are probably the worst in terms of trivial knowledge on quotes. I have a select few, I remember, because they're from some of my favourite films of all time. Uh, have you, any of you ever seen Nightcrawler? No. with JP? Yeah. I think that has the, one of the best final lines to any film I've ever seen. I'm not going to spoil what that means in the context of the film, but that line takes on a very different meaning after the two-hour viewing, I'll put it that way. That's one of the best final lines in a film I've ever seen. Can't ever knock Jake Jin he's crushing it as always. <laughs> Oscars, you were wrong to not nominate him. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think at Christmas, yeah, I'm probably going to look at maybe watching the Harry Potter films again. I was going
1: to say, yeah, a, they always like rerun and like just your general. It's mad
0: bad that uh, even with the rerun and the fact they're on Netflix, I'm still paid to go watch them <laughs> in the cinema. So. <laughs>
1: The full experience,
0: yeah. I've got four more books. I'm seeing Goblet of Fire, I'm seeing All of the Phoenix, I'm seeing Half Blood Prince, and I'm seeing Definitely Hallows Part Two, mm. which I cannot wait for because Definitely Hallows Part Two is one of the best films I've ever seen. You're I not, think
2: you're not seeing Prisoner of Azkaban then,
0: uh, no, because I'm working. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. Um,
1: yeah, I think that's always
2: the one I remember liking the most. I've not seen them in ages.
1: Prisoner but. of Azkaban was really good, but unpopular opinion. My favourite was the Goblet of Fire. That was my favourite when I was a kid. Yeah,
2: because of, of the, the, the Triwizard.
1: Oh, yeah, because yeah, the dragons, but the Triwizard tournament as well. I thought each of those like tasks was so. I just I just thought that it was so cool, um, and I think my favourite one had to be the one where they had to go underneath in the is it the Black Lake?
0: Yeah, it was um, like
1: this underwater the, trial. Yeah, yeah I love that one. <laughs> So yeah, it has to be one of my favourites, but I know a lot of people actually really don't like that one.
0: I think Goblet of Fire is really interesting for me because on a re a re-watch, initially it was one of my least favourite Potter films, whereas now it's my full favourite Potter film because what I like about the Goblet of Fire so much is that I think it's really it's a very solid film throughout with these trials, I think they're really entertaining and it's really... it brought a new sense of flair to the franchise. Mm-hmm. To me it was almost like the car before the storm, mm. because I have to say, that film w- with the May sequence, as soon as that started the film just go just goes boom 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 boom, intense mm-hmm. intensity, mm-hmm. which I think is really a testament, I mean you do come out of Goblet of Fire just going oh my god, because <laughs> at the end of Goblet of Fire, because what I like about it so much is that the sequences in the last act play out so quickly where you're not given a moment to breathe. Yeah. Where some someone shows up, uh Robert Pattinson <laughs> is involved. Yeah. And yeah. It's hard to believe Arbats uh, was in that film.
1: I have to say the performance of Robert Pattinson's dad at the end yeah. I think was incredible. I yeah. think that still gives me goosebumps. Obviously I won't sort of spoil the ending, but yeah no that was I think that just gets me every time.
0: It's yeah, really, really I think it really it's it's very much a turning point, I would say, yeah. for the franchise, where those films went from nice, light-hearted kids films to utter darkness. Oh, within the sake of half <laughs> an hour, yeah, I particularly, I think I particularly enjoyed the Quidditch sequence last night in 4DX with the seats rocking yeah. to moving. Have you ever been to a 4DX screening, by the way?
2: No, yeah. I nearly went to s- to see a uh, John Wick in 4DX, but then I was a bit worried. Like I <laughs> <laughs> was a bit. Into- it's like. It was like a really long film, and it was—I pr- knew it was going to be pretty intense. And I was like, if I really hate this, I'm going to be stuck in there for yeah. so long. Because
0: <laughs> I've—I found with 4DX this year in particular, I think it's definitely stepped up a level. Mm. Uh, I've seen—I saw Across the Spider Verse with a couple of uni mates, and it was absolutely mad with the mm. web-swing sequences. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there was a guy sat next to us. who Actually, no, I'm not going to say it because yeah, I'll keep the swearing out. <laughs> <laughs> But he said some explicit language because the seats were rocking that much because it was that immersive. I think with 4DX, I've learned to be able to cope with the fact that my seat is rocking and I can still focus on the film. I never let it jeopardise the experience because I I also went to see The Nun 2 in 4DX. Oh, God. Uh, Which I have to say, the 4DX experience was better than the film (laughs) because I think there was so much rocking and sudden jolts of the chair. I was like oh Jesus Christ Yeah, I mean I think The Non when I think in a long term The Non 2 is a very, a very bland horror film which mm. was enhanced by the 4DX experience
1: I found it terrifying Well, that's just because I don't do great with horror like I like horror films I enjoy watching them um, I don't know why I just like the kind of adrenaline and things like that watching it I was terrified of The Non um, I think my, my the scariest film I've probably watched is The Descent. And I don't think I'll watch it ever again. I need to
0: watch The Descent. I need to watch it.
1: It was... It made me feel... A bit like hereditary, actually. Um, It made me feel so awful. But in a good way. Like, it was a good (laughs) film because of that. But it was... I couldn't sleep. Yeah, it was really, really... I think as well, just if you don't like small spaces, that's probably something you shouldn't watch, but yeah.
0: Well, I remember watching hereditary... uh, It was the day before i went to the harry potter world in london it is mad how i associate film experiences (laughs) with like events in my life but yeah the harry potter tour was part of a bfi thing i was on i went to go for free incidentally so (laughs) can't knock that a day out of college Uh, but i watched hereditary the night before and that was the first time i'd ever seen a horror film that i thought I'm actually struggling to get to sleep yeah. <laughs> because I knew nothing about hereditary going in I literally didn't even know who Ari Aston was at the time mm. and I remember getting to the car sequence that I just I literally exclaimed out loud I literally screamed I was yeah. like oh my god
1: <laughs> it's horrible
0: I mean it has to, I, hereditary is a very good example of a horror film that relies on the atmosphere for creating the tension rather than something like The Nun 2 which goes quite quite bang mm. I mean, it's a very loud film then on 2. I mean, it's a very dark film as well, but that's purely based on the fact you can't really see what's going on. Mm -hmm. I mean, the first Nun film, I turned my brightness up full blast and I had my cards closed. I still had to look at the screen because it was so dimly lit. I mean, the colour scheme is so boring Mm -hmm. that you just want something madly violent to happen to make the film (laughs) explode. But yeah, I think with horror, horror, I mean, it's really true what you say about making yourself feel awful. Yeah, I think it should that should be on the poster. You will feel awful <laughs> after this. You will come out hating yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's the ultimate endorsement, I would argue, for a horror film. Yeah,
3: <laughs> that's true.
0: But yeah, are you a fan of horror Isaac? Because any particular?
2: I do like horror, but not like. Films like The Nun, or like Annabelle where it's like all sort of jump
0: scary. They're not like, scary. I tell you that for a fact. It's, that? Not, it's
2: not like the scary. It's just like I, I just don't mm-hmm. want to sit and like just wait for jump scares to happen for hours. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <Like, laughs> like, you take I sort of like Noah's kind of, Like some of like the. I think the scariest scene I've ever watched, like in a film, was in Zodiac by David Fincher. Have you seen that? Yeah. Do you know what? Do you know what scene I'm talking about? Yeah. The, the, yeah. That's the only time I've watched a film where I was genuinely like, it just really freaked me out. Uh, I had goosebumps all over me, and I was just like, oh no. But. What's I that film, sorry?
1: Zodiac. Zodiac. The Young yeah.
2: Jake Jin Hall. Yeah, it's, I guess. it's got Robert Downey Jr. in it. Oh, has it? Mark Ruffalo. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's such. A, I think it's one of my favourite films. It's
0: criminally underrated, I would yeah. argue, in terms of Fincher's back catalogue. Uh, I know exactly the scene you're on about, and yeah. I do agree, it's anxiety inducing. <laughs> it's so bad,
2: but it's so good. It's. Yeah, films that are kind of like that where it's, it's more like creepy and I'm the yeah. same. I'm the same with like um like when I'm reading books like. Because obviously books you can't really have jump scares, so I guess that's that sort of leads into how I enjoy yeah. films. I want like I just want to feel sort of on edge. You yeah, want to feel, it, but in a good way. Right, like,
1: yeah, that's it. It's the like, feeling. Yeah. It's not the sudden like jump that is supposed, I feel like you, jump, you're right you're like,
2: with it. lets you off. It's like, yeah. it builds up all this tension and then it gets out of the way and then you're yeah. like, okay. And then you just wait for it to happen again. Yeah. Whereas if you don't know the jump's coming, you, uh, you don't know what's coming. Yeah. That's more scary.
1: It's more about like how disturbing the thing is. I think with hereditary what, like it wasn't about the jump scares, it was about what was happening and how it made you feel. Um, I think that's, yeah, that's probably where it's scarier. It made you just feel wrong.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think it's really quite a nice contrast of horror perspectives because, uh, Charlotte, you obviously get very freaked out by the jump scares, <laughs> yeah. whereas Isaac cannot be bothered to wait for them, <laughs> which I think is more honourable in some regards because I think after a while these <coughs> jump scares become very preachy in mm-hmm. some regards. Uh, how did the Nun 2 get under your skin? Because I'm just curious because I know the film has been slated What was it about the non two that got under your skin so much? I'm curious.
1: Just jump scares, literally. I, I just, I think because I'm, I'm not like a fanatic about things, and also, like in terms of how I review films in my head, I'm I'm just like, oh, I liked that or I didn't. I feel like I liked it because it, it did, creep me out. Like the non, it it, the that character itself. I think it's called Valak, or something like that. I don't know. Um, it was. It's just. I don't know it just it just makes me jump but um I think I don't I I don't really know I, I don't really know why I think I'm just a wimp um <laughs> 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 So that's probably why um yeah I can't watch those films comfortably because I'm always waiting to like be jumped so I think that's why I think I just feel like I'm waiting for it and then sometimes those films you think it's going to happen then and you're like oh no there's nothing happened and then it happens immediately after and you're like oh god so yeah and, and no just put it down so I'm I'm a wimp
0: <laughs> <laughs> summed up That's a, it's another product placement for the film I'm a wimp so yeah. I was scared by the film <laughs> yeah I think it, it's 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 very interesting that we saw a, a very diff had a very different experience with another yeah. two which <laughs> is mad because I probably had the better experience yeah <laughs> <That's true. laughs> it's, but yeah I think with jump scares I just get I get very bored by how many people use them to advance a plot strand of the film yeah. where in fact it's not scary I mean the best example of it I hate to go on about it but it's the *Unexorcist*, unbelievably unbelievably as I like to call it oh, gosh. W- which is the new exorcist film uh, apparently it's the first of a trilogy uh, I don't know if any of you oh, knew no, that no, uh, I didn't the exorcist deceiver uh, and then the <laughs> third one uh, we obviously have to combine the names of all three, so I'm gonna call it the unbelievably unexorcist, undeceitful, uh un a sleeper. <laughs> yeah, let's call it that. Because I was not scared by the Exorcist Believer at all. A- not one thing got me. <laughs>
1: yeah, apparently people I've not seen it. And I did want to see it actually, but then I saw reviews on Letterboxd and all of them were like one and two and they were really just slate in it. And the fact that they use like two possessed characters as well. I, I think that was like, people just really didn't like it. Because um, like The Exorcist, which again, I've still not watched and I should, is famously one of the like the most scary films. Um, And apparently they've just sort of... I think it's hard as well with, with things like that, trying to do things like that justice when it's already had such a high reputation. I just think, why bother? because you know that people are going to be wanting something incredible and I just think some things are just, you can't beat.
2: But you also know they'll come and pay good money,
0: to
1: see. That's you? true, yeah, so that's very true. <laughs> that's,
2: and that's why they bother.
1: Yeah, that's probably why. That's
3: a good point.
0: Yeah, I came out of Exorcist, believer, uh, not ever wanting to see another Exorcist film ever yeah. again because I was just like, I was in a state of utter shock. I mean, by the time I got to the Exorcist sequence, I just, I was checked out. Mm. I was genuinely thinking and it is, almost like an MCU gather up for the finale (laughs) where people literally are just having a go at trying to or unexercise the possessed (laughs) guy. I mean it is so rubbish (laughs) I mean I actually prefer the nun 2 to the exorcist believer which is quite I don't know what that says Uh, but yeah yeah, it's interesting because uh, it's like my parents could never watch these kind of horror films because no. they just think they firstly think why do you watch <laughs> these films and also they probably would be quite freaked out by them personally but yeah. so yeah I th- I think you're definitely not a likely people who still get very freaked out by yeah. jump scares <laughs> I just I just think they're cheap nowadays yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it can be quite a lazy it's way. Especially
2: of. when they add like all the extra music or like a random sound effect that doesn't make yeah. sense. I yeah, I
0: think the understand. problem with the non two as well is that you just know when a jump scare is going to happen because the lights start to dim slowly. <laughs> 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 I mean, we had the lights dim in the studio today. Thank God, yeah. Valek <laughs> did not jump out at <laughs> us.
1: That was creepy. Yeah.
0: But yeah, I think yeah, what's the be- the best horror film of the year? Was actually for me is a slasher film. Uh, I'm not going to say what slasher it is, because I want to save that for the top 10 special. next oh, year. Okay. But yeah, I I like horror where it's a very in-depth character study as well. It isn't just... because uh, Hereditary is really about grief. Yeah. The DOD 2 is just about quite, quite none. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, put that on the poster as well, please. Uh, yeah, I think it's really interesting as well with that perspective of how many crit- <laughs> critics reviews make it on the poster. When you read their review and you see what it says in the context, they have literally just taken a word out and just gone, unbelievably not sc- scary, <laughs> something like that. They just take the unbelievable part mm. and it's like, wow. <laughs> it's like, I'm very curious to see what the cover of The Nun 2 looks like with the reviews because I oh, yeah, I, I saw a lot of free stars, but yeah, enough about The Nun 2. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know if there's any... I think we've had all the good horror films this year, to be fair. Uh, Saw X being my, one of my favourites. Oh, uh, gosh, yeah. It was Talk To Me as well, wasn't it? Oh, Talk To Me was fab You I need, need to re-watch that. I
2: watched it. Yeah, apparently you know, that's so very scary. I've anything.
0: not
1: watched
0: that. I love Talk To Me. I, I, I think that was the best example of a film where it, it does something that makes you go wow, then it does another thing that makes you go wow, then it does another thing where you just like, wow. and it does that about five or six times throughout it's great i think the realism of when characters are possessed is so well staged to the point where i was actually feeling like i was watching people who are possessed Mm. it has one of the best final 15 seconds (laughs) of a film this year uh i don't know if it's going to make my top 10 (laughs) i think it will be an honorable mention i think it's so hard with a24 because you I'm a sucker for A24 in general. I don't know if you either of you are, but every time a new A24 film comes out, I just get so excited. <laughs> I don't think i know ever. It's
2: crazy that Talk to Me was just made by like two YouTubers. Who are
0: it's so accomplished, oh, really? isn't it? It's like, it's, it's very. Know,
2: they have like I know they've got, like they had the years of like practice of like they'd always do like sort of short films which were like stunts and uh, special effects. So they had a lot of practice for like things like that. But. Um, yeah, they made the film and then it was screened at a festival when A24 bought it. No
0: think, so. A24. I've got a little podcast idea regarding A24, but we'll save that <laughs> for another uh, production meeting with someone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think yeah, I think I felt the same with Barbarian. I don't know if any of you saw that. Oh god, I've
2: still not seen that
0: because uh, it was a first-time director for that as well. And what I like about these first-time horror. Filmmakers, uh, feature filmmakers, is that you watch the films and you think they're so accomplished they don't feel like first features mm. because that *Barbarian* is one of the best horrors I've seen in the last couple of years. I was that freaked out by it. That
1: was so freaky,
0: and that is probably a good example of how something uses jump scares to its benefit and atmosphere at the same time. Mm. Because I think with *Barbarian*, I because I me- I remember actually the day I saw it because it was <laughs> the third film of a. Um, lineup
3: Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and I was kind of going and thinking well it's probably going to be quite a good solid horror it's got Bill Skarsgård in it Uh, and then as soon as I came out of it I felt so uneased (laughs) because the last 30 minutes of Barbarian the way they use the basement set is Mm. like oh my actual god Mm. I think Barbarian is definitely a I supposedly didn't give it a shout out on my Halloween recommendations (laughs) but if you're still in the mood for a good horror. I definitely recommend Barbarian. Uh, I I can't recommend the Nun too. <laughs> uh, I think uh, yeah, Barbarian is one of the best. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think uh, wow, we've actually had a really good in-depth analysis of Christmas films, horror films, you name it. Very mixed. So Yeah, I think I, I'm going to end the show there. I yeah. think because it's about 57 minutes, would you believe? So. Wow. Yeah, oh considering gosh. I didn't have hardly any of the script, I think I've, we've done all right today. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, do, do you want to give your social medias a shout-out before I do my outro? I
2: mean, I have an Instagram page called Ise Porter, which is I-S-E Porter, which is just where that's just where I share my short stories when I get the chance to write them, which is not very often.
1: Uh, yeah, um, well, I just have not Instagram, so I don't... Um, I think it's just Charlotte Ward 13. Um, yeah, but th- th- I don't really base much on that. To yeah,
0: be I think the thing is, you've got to be aware like, the people who listen to this show are generally going to want to, like, maybe, well, if anyone, anyone out there wants to contact any people who I've given a shout out about any film related work, uh, please do. I mean, people who listen to this are mostly from the industry, or it's probably going to be my parents. <laughs> <laughs> And it's probably a couple of my mates who are also working in the industry. So I will say to both of you, thank you very much indeed. That was, uh, we definitely got a good (laughs) discussion out of that because I was coming in today thinking, what am I going to talk about? Because I've already got Hassan Harry Potter, but we've got a jam-packed show next week. So Mm -hmm. I will say till episode four, take care, keep watching movies, and I will see you in the next episode.